This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, this is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad, but not for your ears, for your feet. Are they listening? Good. Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey Dude, good to go to. You're listening to the West NY Podcast with Dave X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Hamway podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. Losing by a goal at Old Trafford has never been something to be ashamed of, but did we miss an opportunity? They played on Thursday, had some injuries, other results went our way, yet David Moyes seemed to approach the game with a negative mindset. How do the players feel about that? Is he building a reputation of losing his bottle against the big clubs? Does he have any belief in Saeed Ben Rama? Can we beat Arsenal on Sunday? We'll share our thoughts on that before getting exclusive news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. That's all coming up on tonight's show. X, I think there was a growing belief that we could nick something against United when you take into account the fact that they played in the week and they had some injuries to deal with. Then you announced the team and that enthusiasm dropped. Let's start with the formation. And it's one that we're not used to playing. What was your reaction to that and the team when you received it? Well, it was the form. It was five at the back, wasn't it? So it was five wing backs and stuff. Um, so it was reasonably similar to what we're used to, but it wasn't the normal one as such. But it, it what I what I was disappointed with is that, like you say, our, they were there for the taking. They played in midweek. They had a few injuries. We were on form. We had nothing to lose, really. I mean, it, like it was almost like a free hit. You could go to that game, try and win it, play really well. And if you didn't win it, well, you know, it's Man United and they're, all, they're doing well. So I just don't understand why he didn't go and try to attack and try and win that game. And we had, was it zero shots on target in the first half or something like that? Or we might have been zero shots, full stop. And like, it, it was, you know, just to go there and just be so negative when we've been playing so well, you know, was disappointing. Yeah. Well, it was one of the few occasions this season where I was really pissed off. Mm. I know it was Man United away, but we were, like you say, so negative. I mean, firstly, I agree with playing five at the back. I call for that on last week's show. Mm. But where I think we slightly differ is what we did moving forward just didn't make sense to me because we're not a possession-based side. I can't remember the last time we were, in all honesty, but we are a really, really good 
counter-attacking side. And to effectively counter-attack, you need attacking players. And you could argue that none of our central three players are naturally attacking. I say you could argue because Tom could be described as an all-rounder, which I think he is. Deck is certainly going that way. No, certainly isn't. So that ultimately leaves two outright attacking players on the pitch. And both were left up front and completely isolated. Where were the wingers? Typically, in a formation like that, you would expect wing-backs to be bombing forward. Now, I don't know if they were told not to, but they didn't. They certainly didn't do it enough. So I think Moyes got that horrifically wrong and, quite honestly, set us up like we were a team in the bottom five, not in the top five. Um, Speaking of Moyes, as well as he's done this season, and I want to stress that because, obviously, when he first came to West Ham, he had no support from me whatsoever. Um, And I'm not going to kind of waver that support because there's a couple of games where I haven't been that happy. But I I do want to make that clear. However, he does seem to be building a reputation as someone who loses his bottle against the big clubs. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's it's a bit... That is, like you said, I agree with everything you said. I don't want to criticise the fella, but it, it is now becoming quite a few times now where we've played the big teams and we've not we've not attacked them at all. You know, we've done well against Man City a couple of times, but other than that, it's like we sit back and we don't want to attack these big teams. And maybe, maybe this is where it didn't work for him at Manchester United, because, you know, I can't remember, I can't claim to be an expert on what he's spelled at United, but he, um, you know, maybe when he played the bigger teams, he tried to defend them as such. And you don't do that at a club like Manchester United. And I don't think you should do that at West Ham either. It, 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 it is, you know, like you said, I'm not going to criticise him, but I want to see him try something different. And what what concerned me the most was that at the end of the game, the, the interviewer said to him, would you have done anything different? And he said no. Now, how can you say mm. no when you've lost the game? You know, you've mm. got to do something different. Otherwise, you would lose the game again and again and again. There's like a phrase, I think, isn't it, from Einstein, maybe? And it says something like, madness is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Mm. So as Einstein, there's a quote like that. And um, and I think it, that's, to, that's to be said. You know, you, if you, you can't keep playing negative against these teams. I, I mean, I don't think he was helped by the fact that Fournals, um was obviously ruled out and Lingard was, uh, couldn't play against his parents club so he didn't have you know two certainly in Lingard two of the more better attacking players um so that didn't help him but that said you know how much better were we when Ben Rama was on the pitch and when Lanzini came on you know so we should have gone for that game and I think it's a wasted opportunity yeah it was a wasted opportunity that's exactly what it was um because when you look at the teams around us and the results they picked up you just got excited about the Man United game because they were potentially there for the taking without a shadow of a doubt. I will play devil's advocate a little bit with this theory of David Moyes not doing it against the big teams because we gave Man City a game. Okay, we lost, but I think we deserved something from that game because we did have a go at them. And that's what we're contesting here is whether you're brave enough to have a go at these teams. However, we did get something from Leicester where we went there and beat them 3-0. We did beat Tottenham not too long ago and we did beat Everton. So there is a little bit of an argument there to say that it's not necessarily always the top six clubs that we can't perform against. And it's so strange, isn't it? Because West Ham in recent years have always had this thing where we do all right against the top clubs, but we've always struggled against teams that we should be beating. Mm. But it, it kind of seems like we're morphing into that club now that's doing it in reverse. 
Yeah, yeah, it does. And um it's yeah, I just think we may maybe need to stop trying to be so negative. I think that's probably what the main problem is. Um, you know, just try and actually go to win and attack these teams because we've tried to do it where we hold them and then we get them on the counter and beat them and it doesn't work. So what what have we got to lose? We might as well just um we might as well just try and go for it from from a start up. Well, the thing is, we've got the quality as well. And mm-hmm. it's not like we are fourth from bottom fighting for our lives where every point counts in a sense that, you know, you could go there and be completely defensive part of the bus because you know that one point might keep you up. We're not in that position. We are in a position where we're fighting for Europe. And given the circumstances, we didn't have to park the bus. So you'd like to think that we just would have gone for it. And I, I go back to Ben Rama not being used. And I don't know if you've got any inside info on this or you've heard anything, but does he genuinely have a lack of trust and faith in Ben Rama? I don't think he particularly rates him. I mean, you know... Well, if I can sign him on a permanent... Well, I don't... I also don't think he particularly rates him. It's probably a bit of a strong thing, and I don't want that to be the quote that comes out in all the articles tomorrow. I don't think, I think he does rate him, but I don't think he thinks he's the finished article. Yeah, every interview you ever hear from him is like how he's got to work on his um, distribution, how he's got to work on his shooting, how he's got to work on various factors of his game. And Moyes always sort of says he's got to work on these different things. I mean, I, I am. I think when we came to signing him, I think it was more um, pursued by um, probably Sullivan than than Moyes, but Moyes did obviously sanction the deal um, and then it was made permanent um, earlier than it would have been, although it would have been made permanent in the summer. So there was the reasons to get Lingard in that they did it early, not necessarily because he raised him, but I think Moyes is probably hoping that next year he'll have more of an impact, but uh, for the time being, I don't know, he doesn't seem to rate him as highly as he rates like Fennels or Bowen or people like that. It's strange because I've got to be honest, whilst maybe I and you and maybe a lot of other fans have got more patience with him than maybe Moyes seems to have, I, I, I don't watch side and think, yeah, I'm not, not too sure about him. I watch him and I think he's an exciting player. I think he can make something happen. When he's appeared for West Ham, I think I've been impressed. There's been one or two games where I thought he could do better. But I honestly think he's still growing. And he's definitely got that hunger and determination to be the best he can be. Okay, he hasn't scored for West Ham yet. He's come up with some assists. But surely you've got to be working on that player's confidence. And if you've just signed him on a permanent basis for 25 million or whatever it was, surely you've got to give him a go, haven't you? I mean, you're bringing in Mark Noble and it's well documented that, you know, he isn't a 90-minute man anymore per se. I think even Mark Noble's been quoted as saying, look, lads, you can't rely on me anymore because I'm not getting any younger. Yeah, against Man United away, he sticks him in the middle of the park. And that says to me two things. It says you probably are beefing up that midfield because you are looking to shut up shop. Because as I said earlier, if you're going to play two attacking players, two natural attacking players, that suggests to me that you're not trying to win the game. And it also says to me that if you're going to pick Mark Noble, you're picking him over um, Ben Rama, who could have potentially have sat just in front of those two players. Uh, it, it didn't make any sense to me. It didn't make no. any sense at all. When actually, when he came on, we were a better side. 
Yeah, I agree. It was, it was like I said, there was it was just a set up from the start, wasn't it? It was to keep them, keep them the score down, and also not, you know, let maybe tie them out and then try and hit them on the counter. But I, I thought we massively missed Ben Rama. That no, Noble shouldn't get the the shits he gets from West Ham fans. No, I agree. How, however. He shouldn't start games to West Ham now. He should be a bench player that comes on yeah. with 20, 20 minutes to go, saying, tries to close down a game. I still think he's got that value to the squad, but yeah. he, he hasn't got a starting value. You know, I would even, and people will probably think I'd be ridiculous here, but I'd even, I would rather Connor Coventry started over him. You know, he's a like a similar player, but he can be probably a bit more creative than Mark Noble. You know, I'd, after the, um, the recent academy game against Manchester City, um, that former coach that we had, can't remember his name now, might have been an Italian fella that was highly rated that they credited for getting us a result here and there. Um, uh, he um, He's at Man City now and the, the last academy game, even though the academy side got battered. I think they might have lost 5-0 or something. He ran on to the pitch and gave Connor a big sort of pat around the back and said, you're the best player out there. So I, I think he, even just give him a chance or something, just because he's a youngster, he'll be fresh and be trying to make his mark. I don't think Noble we should start anymore for West Ham. I like I said, don't slag him like most West Ham fans mm. are doing. You obviously West Ham fans saying, yeah, he's been a club servant for 18 years, whatever it is. But what has he done in that time? What has he won? And let's be honest, West Ham haven't won anything for 40 years. So it's mm. pretty impossible for him to. And he's won Hammer of the Year twice. So, you know, he's obviously been the best player a couple of times. But I, I just think we've hopefully when we play another big team, um, although at the moment it appears we have played most of them now, but he will actually go for it rather than just playing that midfield. Even I think like if there, no West Ham fan looks at that midfield and thought, yes, that's the right decision. No, no. And, and that's what really confuses me. And it leads me to my next question because the majority fans were clearly unhappy about the way we approached that game. Mm. Do you know or have an opinion on what the players would have thought here in that game plan? Um, I do. I don't think they were overly um, overly impressed. To be fair, I mean, I, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say for certain because they, you know that sort of stuff wouldn't really they wouldn't really admit to as such. But I, I think. Certainly, obviously, the players that weren't selected feel it, but also the ones that maybe are around the squad, they know, or playing, they know that the club's not going for it when that's the team that gets picked. So they um, they they must feel that, all right, we're here for a draw or something, which has got to get into your psychology. I don't think they felt particularly happy afterwards either because it was, a, it was just a, a, a nothing performance, really, wasn't it? It was, it was. Do you think it also highlights the depth in squad that we don't have? Yeah, 100%, mate. Look at the bench. The bench has had two keepers on it for a while. Now, yeah. I know I know this is down to COVID and stuff, so you can't jump between bubbles and put academy players in um, all the time. But... You know, you've, if you look at that bench against Manchester United, it shows that we really, really should have sp- spent in the summer because, I'm uh, sorry, in the window, because, or, because you've got like two keepers on the bench to start with, right? Which, when are you ever, ever going to need two keepers? Mm. 
No, I mean, seriously, what other than that time Alvin Martin's got a hat trick or whatever against three different ones? But where, what, when are you ever going to need to have three keepers? You, you play your first keeper, your sub keeper comes on. It's so rare that you have both your first team goalkeepers injured in the same game. But forgive me if we've already covered this in a previous show, but what message does that send to some of our youth players looking to break through and forge a career at West Ham? when a second goalkeeper who's never going to play is being chosen over any of our youth Yeah, players. I mean, I think it's, like I said, to do with bubbles and stuff, that they can't play for what academy or train with the academy and then go and play for the first team that weekend. But you're right. The fact that, for me, it's more the fact that it what it says about our lack of investment. I mean, if you look at the bench on against Manchester United, OK, you've got Balbuena, who, um, you know, on his days, decent. Ben Rama, Lanzini, Alves has never played for us. We don't know what we've got there. Martin and Trotz, that's two keepers. Odebeku, who has had, what, that one substitute appearance against Manchester United, pretty much, where he got subbed off. Um, And then Connor Coventry, who hasn't been given a fair crack of the whip yet. And um, and, uh, and that just shows how lacking we are. And um, we should have. We should have bought a few more players, but obviously we didn't. So the squad's relying on these academy players now, um, and they... They um, can't always play because of the COVID restrictions. So, um, yeah, it's uh, the bench was weak, definitely. And I just think we I'm not getting depressed. I'm not down. I think we're doing much, a million times better than I ever expected us to. But you judge on this show, we obviously analyse every game. So we're analysing this one game. I think Moyes got it wrong. I think he should have been much more willing to attack than he was. I just... I'd just love to get into Moyes' head because, you know, as West Ham fans, we're all desperate to see us do something special this season. And I think some of us believe we can make Champions League, some of us don't. But I think we all collectively think realistically, if we really push on and we keep that level of consistency, then we can get into Europe this year for the Europa League. So you can take putting out your best possible team that you agree with, giving it 100% and losing to the better side. I think we'd all suffer that. And I think this would be a very different podcast if that was the case. But for all of the fans, even before a ball was kicked, I say all of them, the vast majority I saw were unhappy with what he'd done. And I can't imagine with the winning mentality that the players have now adopted at West Ham, and I love that, they're sitting there and hearing the gaffer say, right, this is what we're going to do today. I think Moyes has put a bit of a downer on everyone, to be honest, with his decision-making. And it's like you said earlier on, and I totally agree with this, it does annoy me a little bit how he doesn't have any accountability for himself and his mistakes in post-match interviews. Now, I'm not expecting a written apology, but it does make me think, well, does he not think he's made a mistake then? Because I think the whole world could see that he approached the game completely wrong and his mindset was so negative going into the game. Surely he can see that, X, can't he? Or, or is he not? Or is he completely ignorant to the fact that, you know, he's made a mistake and he thought that he's gone out of a game plan and it hasn't worked? I, I don't understand how you can not say you got something wrong when you lost the game. Like, I just don't see how you can come in and say, I wouldn't change anything, but David, you lost. Yeah, I wouldn't change anything. Well, what, you're playing to lose the game then? <laughs> you know, like what you, you, if you've lost the game, things can only get better. So you try something different to try to draw the game. If you if you don't think you can win it, but a draw is better than a loss. And so to, to not actually say, okay, maybe I should have attacked from the start, 
I think he's shot himself in the foot doing that. He'd be much better off saying, yeah, look, I got a mistake. We did the similar thing in the cup and it was nil-nil at the end of full time and stuff. Um, and so I hoped we'd do that and we might be able to nick a goal. But I did it. Oh, sorry, but I did it um, and it didn't work. And then, um, and then, uh, yeah, and then he, but he doesn't do that, does he? He's just said that he basically said he wouldn't change anything. So, mm. And, you know, I think I've made my feelings clear on this before, but I, I wish that he would be less vocal about some of the criticisms he makes of players at times. I don't like the way he's dug some of our boys out before yeah. either publicly. You know, do it privately, but not publicly. And I know we're kind of running the risk of running down a slope of slagging him off. You know, I, I don't want that to be the theme of the show because we are having an incredible season. There's no two ways about it. And let's not forget, he was without Lingard, yeah. who we missed. He was without Bonner, who I think we definitely missed. Um, and he's about Mazuaku, who in a back five, I think is your go-to. Four nails as well. Opinion. Four nails, not forgetting four nails. I, you know, I think we missed him. I think we missed his work rate as well. I mean, if he was available, I'd have picked him over Noble in that central three, if you were going to go with yeah. that central three, you know. Um, it is really, really quite sad, really sad, because I, I, I cannot help but think it was an opportunity mm. missed. But how do we bounce back from this? when we play Arsenal on Sunday. We all know that they're not the Arsenal of old, but they do still have players that can hurt us and they are coming to us on the back of a win against Tottenham. So what do we do? I think we have to go more attacking. I think we have to revert back to four at the back. I think I would take Johnson out and just go Cuffell, Diop, Dawson and Cresswell whilst Ogbonna is still injured. Um, I'd go Rice and Suchek. And then I'd go probably Lingard, for nows, maybe Ben Rama or Lingard, Ben Rama, Bowen or Lingard, for nows, Bowen. But it, there needs to be those three attacking players and then Antonio up front. I mean, you've got no other option but Antonio up front. Um, so it's just essential to get Lingard back in and tell the team everything's got, you know, you got to, he needs to get on the ball and make things happen. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you said. Totally agree. But I am going to push you for who your final selection would be in terms of our attacking midfielders. So Lingard's yeah, now yeah, yeah, 100%. Who are the other two? Who are the other two? You've got to make a decision. Um, for now, has been playing well recently. Um, if you look at our man of the match polls, he's been sort of getting second uh, most weeks now, for second or first. So I think I put for now's in. And I, I don't, think Bowen's performed that well recently so I think I might go Ben Rama mm. or either Ben Rama or Lingard on the right and the other one in the centre for now maybe on the left possibly or even do Ben Rama on the left Lingard on the right and for now through the centre but I'll just get those three to alternate every kind of five ten minutes between those roles but they're they're the three I would go with how about you <sighs> I, I, you make a fair point about Bowen. I think he's been off the boil a little bit recently. I still don't think his work rate has changed, but I think the quality on the ball has dipped a little bit. So I can understand what you're saying, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. The reason I push you for a decision is because I think it's a hard one to make. Um, the problem that you've got with putting either Jesse or Saeed on the right is that I think their biggest strengths are cutting in on their right. Yeah. Typically, if you do that, then you're more relying them, on them to beat a player and then get a ball in the box. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think to a degree, you're taking a bit of strength away from their game. 
Um, so for that reason, I think I'd probably stick with Bowen. And I think I would go with Jesse and Saeed. Um, I think that's what I'd do. Okay. Yeah. Um, you, you've got to attack them. You've got to get in their face. You know, Arsenal have built a reputation, really, of not liking a bit of physicality, not liking the intensity. They like to get the ball down and they like to be allowed to play football. We've got to shut that down from the get-go. And again, we've just got to do really what we've been doing all season, mm. which is just keep that level of intensity up, keep that self-belief, that confidence. I'd like to see us keep possession more. I know we're a very direct counter-attacking side and that's played a big part in the success this season. But especially when you're at home, I'd like to see us keep the ball more and just dominate possession more. Because even when we beat Tottenham, I think we had... 30% possession. Mm. That's fucking crazy, mm. you know? Um, which ain't a problem if you're winning the game, which we did that day. But one thing I don't want to do is get 30% possession and lose to Arsenal 1 or 2 nil on Sunday, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, tough game, and we've got some tough games coming up because I don't think Wolves is going to be easy either. No. And, you know, this really, the next five games could really define uh, the realistic chances of um, cracking Europe this year. I think. Mm, mm, um, mm. So it's a really interesting and, and nervy time, I think. But what's your prediction for the game? Oh, I give up with predictions nowadays, mate. Um, you know, I, I changed my mind last minute. The West Ham one, I, I had one nil. I had one nil Manchester United. Did yeah. Then I woke up in the morning and thought, nah, we're going to get it. We're going to go for this. We're going to get a result. And I spoke to someone around the team and he was like, yeah, no, we're definitely buzzing. We're going to get a result today. And that persuaded me, and I changed my mind, and I'm now annoyed with myself. What but, did you uh, go with then? I went 1-0 West Ham, I think, in the end. Did um, you? Yeah, really, really not good. Because <laughs> I, I, I had 1-0 Man United. I had it all the time, and I changed it last minute. And I thought, oh, that's what Dave did last time. And, uh, he, <laughs> and he he benefited. I don't want to think, oh, I should have changed it, and I didn't, because yeah. that's happened last time. But shock, I thought that, and then I did change it, and then obviously it was the wrong thing to do. Um, I am going to go with... With, I'm going to go with two all. I mean, it's a really scoring game, but I think it'll be a draw because I think mm. Arsenal always tends to do quite well against us, annoyingly. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to go with that. Well, you're not going to like this, mate. This isn't going to help you, but I actually changed my mind again for Man United. I had us down as uh, um, uh, one all, I think it was. Um, I, I, I had us down as losing, I think, 2-0. Then I saw their team and I thought then I saw our team and then I thought well maybe we can nick a 1-0 and then right at the last minute I just had a gut feeling it wasn't going to be our night so I changed it to 2-1 so I didn't get the score right but I obviously picked up more points than you did there so Shock. Well, no surprise <laughs> there is there really let's be honest <laughs> well my decision making is just on point mate you know uh, it's on yeah. point and talking of points it is at this point where I tell everyone where we are in the predictions. So this is the moment everyone press fast forward, <laughs> forward and doesn't care, but go on, waste their time. But listen, X, you've got to admit, it's funny how things have changed because it's gone from, oh, who's going to win this week to, okay, Dave, just tell us how many more points you are ahead of X this week. You know, and, <laughs> and, and listen, mate, I know you're giving it everything. I know you're trying your best, but if you could just try that little bit harder to make this a bit more exciting, I, I would be all right with that. I don't know if I'm going to play it next year. <laughs> oh, mate, you can't bail out on a 2 0 defeat, surely. What fun is this for me? Every week being goaded for my predictions. 
Okay, mate. Well, look, let's just get this out of the way, shall we? Yeah. I am now 451 points in front of X. Oh, God, this is awkward. Um, <laughs> currently sitting 31st in the league, whereas X, and I'm not trying to make you feel bad, mate, is 114th. Out of however many isn't that bad, but you've just had a ridiculously good season again. Well, Thank no, you, mate. Thank I, you. No, mate. I say good. I should have said lucky, really. That's more accurate. <laughs> 29 weeks of pure luck. Fucking hell, I must be lucky. You are. You are. <laughs> mate, it's just the way you are ever since I've known you. <laughs> mate, you've got to start getting your predictions sorted out, and yeah, You know, you're starting to show yourself as knowing nothing about football, and I think it's just surprising a few people. Nothing about other football teams. I, I know a lot about West Ham. I don't care about other teams. Would you hate me if I said this is fast becoming my favourite part of the show every week? No, because I know it. It's not like I didn't know it. I hate you full stop. <laughs> <laughs> so I suddenly hate you. I know, I know, I know it is. I, I know the fact that you almost like when we're doing the analysis of the game in your head. All you're hearing is prediction league in five minutes, prediction league in four minutes, prediction league in three minutes. You don't even think about what we're saying. You, you do know me so well, don't you? Okay, mate. Well, I can hear the pain in your voice. So <laughs> let's hope his news is better than his predictions. X, the man in the know. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast, Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even getting a dental checkup. Mr. Carter, wouldn't you prefer the chair? I'm fine on my bike, Doc. Well, let me know if you feel any discomfort. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.